On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let me start the Locked On Kings podcast here with a little bit of a peek behind the curtain. I'm currently sitting in one of the production rooms in Sports 1140 KHDK's studios. That is the flagship radio station of the Sacramento Kings where I work. We share a hallway with three other radio stations, part of our our cluster and uh, owned by our company. One of those stations is Sacramento's Mix 96. Now, every single year, Mix 96 becomes one of the top Christmas music stations for the entire Sacramento area. This morning at 5 a.m., they launched their Christmas season. It is currently almost 7 a.m. when I'm recording this podcast, so for the last two hours, I have had little wafts every time a door opens or really every time a song changes, little wafts of Christmas music coming through and going through my brain and breaking it along the way. I'm not a Grinch. I love the Christmas season, but I usually like to wait, I don't know, till after Thanksgiving, maybe December 1st to get into the Christmas season. Uh, So I need a distraction. What better distraction than to talk about Kings basketball here on the Locked on Kings podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Locked on Kings. This is your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage each and every single weekday. I can promise you interviews. I can promise you in-depth conversation and analysis, highlights, all that jazz here. My name is Matt George, like I mentioned, from Sports 1140 KHDK, the flagship radio station of the Kings. I work there as an on-air host and multimedia journalist. I have the privilege of being the quote-unquote local expert here in Sacramento for the Locked On Kings podcast and the Locked On Podcast Network. I've covered the Sacramento Kings for the last four years uh, and always look forward to uh, bringing a little bit of my knowledge and a lot of my passion and fun here to the Locked On Kings podcast because why? Well, I've been a Sacramento Kings fan basically my entire life. Grew up in the Sacramento area was a diehard fan of this team growing up uh, transitioned into a, a media role covering this team out of college and I have uh, enjoyed it and loved it ever since so we are approaching can you believe it 500 episodes here on the locked on Kings podcast which is crazy to say I have not done all 500 Jason Ross of course uh, from sports 1140 KHDK also the uh, the color commentator for Sacramento Kings radio he uh, started this podcast with, on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Did a lot, the majority of these uh, two hundred or these five hundred episodes, I should say. Uh, so he will be joining me for the five hundredth episode. I'm certainly looking forward to having him back for that. So you can look forward to that in the uh, coming weeks. Uh, as for today's podcast, though, I should let you know that this is the final podcast of the week. We will uh, not have a podcast tomorrow or Black Friday due to the Thanksgiving holiday. We will return on Monday, and we have three games then that we're going to recap on Monday. Two against the Utah Jazz, which we're going to preview here today. And right in between those two, one in Golden State against the Warriors. So I'm going to do my best here to preview uh, this Utah Jazz game. And then because it is the Thanksgiving season, I have a fun, hopefully fun, a little Thanksgiving-themed segment and conversation for you uh, in regards to the Sacramento Kings, something that I'm going to want you to be involved with on social media. And by the way, uh, you can be involved and reach out to me and and, and join the conversation anytime here uh, on Twitter at MattGeorgeKHDK. You can always use the hashtag LockedOnKings. Uh, and then you can reach out to me via email as well if you would like to get in touch with me personally and, and, and a more private forum, not so much uh, social media, or if you're just not on Twitter, uh, you can reach me on email mgeorge at saclocalmedia.com. That's S-A-C local media. Enough, uh, enough of that housekeeping though. Uh, let's dive into today's podcast and we will start with the Sacramento Kings taking on the Utah Jazz here tonight. The second time 
that these two teams meet. Now, this is in Utah instead of being in Sacramento. Of course, the Kings opened up their season against the Utah Jazz in a game that was very, very competitive, a fun back-and-forth contest. I'll try and recap as much of it as I can for you before we preview actually tonight's game. Utah ended up winning that game 123 to 117. Now uh, the Kings are nine and eight on the season to this point. Utah is eight and nine. So uh, the Kings off to a better start than they expected, and Utah, trying to build off of the fantastic year that they had le- uh, last year, is off to a bit of a slower start. Uh, but nothing uh, too uh, doom and gloom for them. Still a lot of talent on that roster. But one of the biggest takeaways that I remember uh, from that Kings and Utah Jazz game is the fact that Willie Cauley-Stein really had his best offensive game of the season, and he get it, or he did it against the best defensive center in the league in Rudy Gobert. Now, I'm looking for the Sacramento Kings to try and have the same aggression attacking Rudy Gobert and taking him uh, out of the game, whether you get him in foul trouble, draw him out of the paint. Uh, the Kings use De'Aaron Fox and use their speed to try and get to the rim to open up their offense, open up the three-point shot. And with a uh, defensive anchor like Rudy Gobert in there, he makes it so that his defenders... Uh, or the defenders in the on the perimeter can rely on him to uh, to bail them out and help them out uh, if they get blown past by a speedy guard uh, like De'Aaron Fox. So Rudy Gobert makes things interesting for the Kings, at least in the half-court offense. Donovan Mitchell led Utah in scoring in that win with 24 points, but he was extremely inefficient. Went 8-for-21 from the field, 3-of-10 from three-point range. Donovan Mitchell is probably not going to be that inefficient here in tonight's matchup. So the Kings have to be aware uh, of the of the fact that Donovan Mitchell can light it up and fill it up at any time. And he's not building upon the year that he had last year. His, uh, really what I thought was a rookie of the year campaign, he was beat out uh, by Ben Simmons, which makes sense. Uh, but Donovan Mitchell put together a phenomenal rookie season last year, really took the league by storm, and has had a hard time adding on to that. And now that can be expected. They call it the sophomore slump for a reason. Donovan Mitchell, he's not slumping too bad by any means. His his numbers are still fantastic, and he's still very capable of lining it up and, and filling the stat sheet on any given night. So if I'm the Kings, I'm wary of the fact that he still managed to get 24 points against you when he shot as bad as 8 for 21 from the field. So I don't expect that bad of a shooting night. Ricky Rubio was absolutely manhandled by uh, De'Aaron Fox. Ricky Rubio had a horrific game. Only one point uh, and four assists. Turned the ball over a couple of times. Also had one steal. 0 of 4 shooting from the field in 22 minutes on opening night. But it was Joe Ingles, if you remember correctly. Joe Ingles was the one. That killed the Kings from the perimeter. He finished with 22 points, including 4 of 6 from 3-point range. The Kings, remember, got off to a red-hot start in that game, taking a nice early double-digit lead on the Utah Jazz. And Joe Ingles, his 3-point shot late in the first quarter and early on in the second quarter, is what allowed the Jazz to come back into the game and then take the lead uh, heading into halftime. 38-21, to the Jazz outscored the Kings in the second quarter, and the Kings were playing catch-up from that point. The game ended up being decided by six points, which is pretty good between these two teams, especially seeing as how uh, Utah blew the Kings out in Sacramento uh, in game, the second-to-last game of the preseason. So I'm expecting the Utah Jazz in their own building to be ready to go, looking to get back to 500 uh, with a win over the Sacramento Kings, a game that they expect to win, that the fans are going to be in there that they expect to win. And and, and Utah uh, has always had great fan support. 
They always are a tough place to play, a loud building, very passionate fan base, a fan base very similar to the passionate Kings fans in Sacramento. Uh, So it's going to be a great atmosphere for basketball. Uh, Obviously a very jazz-heavy crowd that's ready for some uh, some cheers and maybe a breakout game uh, from some of their guys who have been struggling. Uh, So the Sacramento Kings have to be aware uh, and ready to go really from the get-go. So again, I'm looking for Willie Cauley-Stein to keep up that aggression and get back to doing uh, what he did so well on opening night. He finished with 23 points. He was plus 17 for the game. Also had 7 rebounds and 4 assists and a couple of blocks. He shot 10 of 15 from the field, which doing that against Rudy Gobert uh, is absolutely phenomenal. De'Aaron Fox had 21 points, 8 of 16 from the field. Also had 7 assists and 3 steals. Uh, So I'm looking for another big game from De'Aaron Fox. Buddy Heald had 19. Uh, Bialica had 18. You also got 12 from Yogi Farrell, who started in that game. Remember, uh, he was uh, he was starting at the two, and Buddy Heald started at the three as Dave Yeager was trying to mix and match, um, mix and match his starting rotation and figure things out. I want to talk about Yogi Farrell though, uh, really quick here because he's fallen out of the rotation. I know that surprised some people. I have a theory for that. First and foremost, I think Dave Yeager thinks Yogi Ferrell is most effective as a two-guard using him off the ball. Now, with the return of Bogdan Bogdanovich, with how well Iman Shumpert has been playing, plugging him at that three spot, and the fact that Buddy Heald is your consistent starting two on a nightly basis and showing that he deserves that, now averaging over 20-plus points per game, Yogi Ferrell has kind of fallen off a little bit. Now, you could use him potentially as a backup point guard, and I know a lot of Kings fans would like to see him in that role, uh, but Frank Mason, you could argue, does a better job running the offense. He's not as good of a shooter as Yogi Ferrell, uh, not as good of a scorer, I think, as Yogi Ferrell. However, he does a better job running the offense with that second unit, and Dave Yeager elects for that. Also, I would say uh, Frank Mason is probably a better on-ball defender uh, than Yogi Ferrell is. Um so it really depends on the situation. I, I would understand it. If it were me personally, I would be playing Yogi Ferrell more. I think he can lend a lot more offense to that second unit than what you are currently getting. Uh, but that is my theory as to why Yogi Ferrell is not playing as much. So Kings Utah Jazz here tonight in Utah. I'm really looking for three things in particular. First and foremost, making sure you establish the pace. Now, I see, like, I feel like I say that each and every single game because it's true. It's the identity of this Kings team, but especially against a team like the Utah Jazz that are so strong defensively, especially in the half court. If they get set, their half court defense gets set with Rudy Gobert in the middle, you're really, really, really going to have a tough time uh, scoring, especially in the paint. And mid-range shots are, are not effective, and the Kings are forced to take a lot of mid-range shots or have been forced in the past to take a lot of mid-range shots against the Utah Jazz defense, and they'll be happy to give that to you all night long, which is a recipe for disaster for the Sacramento Kings team. Key number two, I've mentioned this earlier, Willie Cauley-Stein. Continue to be effective, continue to be fearless, go right at Rudy Gobert, trying to get him into foul trouble and get back to that Willie Cauley-Stein that we saw early on in the season, which is kind of tampered off a little bit. Not to mean that Willie Cauley-Stein's inconsistency is back, uh, but offensively, he's he's taken a step back from how he started the season, so I'm looking for a nice game offensively from Willie. Uh, and then finally, I'm, I'm looking at make sure the, the, the key role players for these uh, this Utah Jazz team aren't the ones that kill you. The Joe Ingles, the, the Dante Exums, the uh, Jay Crowders. Make sure these guys aren't coming off the bench and lighting you up. Alec Burks is another one as well. Uh, these guys hurt the Kings a lot. Uh, three players off the bench got 13 points for Utah in their win on opening night. That was Jay Crowder, Dante Exum, and Alec Burks. 
Uh, so you can't allow those guys to beat you. If Donovan Mitchell goes for 30 points, you know what? Donovan Mitchell is going to go and get his 30 points. But make sure Joe Ingles isn't tearing you up. Make sure Derek Favors uh, isn't tearing you up. And make sure Ricky Robio has just as bad of a game uh, against De'Aaron Fox this time as he did on opening night. Although I wouldn't count on it. Ricky Rubio is a very crafty uh, offensive player, a very crafty defender as well, and a great point guard there. In Utah, So a lot to pay attention to in this game. I think it's a very winnable game for the Sacramento Kings, uh, and I'm, I'm just looking for them to be effective. If they can focus on those three areas, really, I think they will be in a position to win this game on the road, and that would be certainly nice momentum, building a brief little two-game win streak heading into Golden State. So we have a tradition around my family on Thanksgiving where everybody goes around the table uh, at Thanksgiving before we dive into the food and we uh, share things specifically about the family or about the year uh, that we're thankful for. Now, I know that can be pretty cringy. I know a lot of people and a lot of families do that and that makes many people shudder or, or flinch or twitch uh, because it's it's it can be so strange and so weird and kind of awkward at times amongst family. Uh, but it's also a fun tradition that I thought, you know what, I'd bring a little element here uh, to the Sacramento Kings podcast the Locked on Kings podcast uh, about the Sacramento Kings specifically. So I have a list of a few things that I'm thankful for in regards uh, to this Kings team. Now, not all of them are, are cringy and not all of them are, are, are dumb. Some of them are goofy. Some of them are out of left field. So I really wanted to open it up to you because I know a lot of Kings fans who have come on this uh, podcast or have reached out to me through this podcast by listening to this podcast have shared their Kings story, things they love, things they hate about this Kings team. Uh, so I thought it would be fun uh, to just get an element of that here today before we head into this uh, two-day Thanksgiving break and head into another holiday weekend. So I want to start really with something that that many don't get to uh, or many don't appreciate. Uh, and, and these are people that I interact with on a nightly basis, and there's so many uh, that I could throw in here. But I want to start with the Golden One Center staff. The Golden One Center staff does a phenomenal job each and every single game getting you ready, uh, taking care of you. Uh, if you are at the game from a media standpoint, there are so many that work behind the scenes in the tunnel that don't get to even see a, a second of the game, uh, but work hard to make sure that us as media are taken care of, that the players are taken care of and they're secure, uh, coaches are taken care of and secure. Uh, they really do a fantastic job there. I want to highlight uh, one in particular, a, a man named Victor, who he works as uh, as one of the ushers right at the top of of section 105, which is where the uh, the media sits. And Victor uh, is an, an older gentleman, and he's been up there for all three years uh, that we've been inside the Golden One Center. And he goes above and beyond to make sure that, that Kings fans are taken care of, that we in the media uh, are taken care of. He's also a phenomenal guy that I get the chance to talk to each and every single day. Uh, so, Victor, I know he listens to the Locked on Kings podcast. I just wanted to thank you uh, for all that you do. Thank you to all of the uh, the Kings staff. And we're not just talking about ushers and, and those who work the concession stand. You could also talk about Scott Moak, our PA announcer, legendary PA announcer here whose voice just resonates with Kings fans and uh, you could also talk about Scott Freshour who does a fantastic job during doing all the MC work firing you up you could talk about the Kings dance team that does a great job all the tech people that put together everybody's still raving and commenting about uh, even if you didn't go to the arena the Sacramento Kings tweeted it out and I encourage you to check it out with their uh, they debuted their city uniforms in their city court which is the royal blue uh, they debuted that against Oklahoma City and and depending upon what kind of court they have or what kind of jerseys they're wearing they have a different intro video and this one was all animated uh and it was phenomenal and the tech crew at uh at the golden one center does such an incredible job to make you 
enjoy the event. And it's more than just basketball there. It's really a full-on entertainment production. There are people that work there, uh, that work on their entertainment and work on the in-game uh, stuff. If, if you ever get the opportunity to get into the Golden One Center early, now you can't get in as super early as as, as I and others can, uh, but you can see them rehearsing and see them getting ready. Uh, and they work for hours hours upon hours if there's a seven o'clock game they're in there at 10 o'clock 11 o'clock in the morning uh, getting ready and rehearsing and preparing everything that goes in uh, to one Kings game and they do that 41 times a year uh, they bust their butt and they they really put Disneyland and, and Broadway to shame in a lot of ways and I know they've had a lot of employees that have gone on to Broadway or gone on to Disneyland and even some that have come from Disneyland or Disney World or Disney in general uh, to work with the Sacramento Kings and bring that production value there. So I just wanted to highlight them and thank the Golden One Center staff uh, for all the fantastic stuff that they do. Now, sticking with the Golden One Center theme, I'm also thankful for the variety of Golden One Center concessions. That was one of my favorite parts about um, the, the pitch of the Golden One Center. When you heard it was opening and the amount of food that they'd have, you'd go to a different part of the arena. And you get a different type of cuisine, whether it's uh, whether it's um, pizza, whether it's just typical like ballpark hot dog burger food, really anything you could possibly want concession wise, they have it inside the Golden One Center. So very thankful uh, for that. I'm also very thankful though for. Arco Arena, Sleep Train Arena, Power Balance Pavilion, whatever you want to call it, Arco Arena was where I grew up. I called that a second home. I spent many a night in Arco Arena watching the Sacramento Kings, and I still get a little lump in my throat and get a little sad. That once great building currently sitting there idle. Now, I know the city has some plans for it. I'm not too privy on what those are, but I have had the opportunity to go uh, inside of the uh, the Arco Arena or the Sleep Train Arena and, and see the outside, see the parking lot, and see how it's kind of uh, worn down a little bit, which is certainly sad. Now, don't get me wrong. The Golden One Center is phenomenal. I'm very thankful uh, to have that arena, and I think it's fantastic, the location and what it's doing and revitalizing downtown. Uh, but for someone who grew up, really, inside of Arco Arena, who uh, has fond memories of that building, I just remember the smell of the concourse, the the churros, the pretzels, the food, right when you would walk in. It always smelled the same, and I associated that smell as a kid with Kings basketball. Then you walk through the curtains, you'd head down into those uncomfortable but fun and, and still amazing blue and red uh, plastic seats uh, that surrounded that Kings court. It was a perfect place, not for really concerts and not for really other shows, but it was always excellent for Kings basketball. That place, they call it Arco Thunder for a reason. That place got loud and got crazy. So many great memories in that building. I'm very thankful uh, for Arco Arena, for the amazing memories in there, uh, and that uh, so many Kings fans got to enjoy so many great years, ups and downs for sure, uh, and just a lot of good stuff inside that uh, that that building that, that served us for a very, very long time. I will always consider Arco Arena a second home of mine. I'm also very thankful for Slamson, a completely entertaining and fun mascot. There's a reason why Slamson wins so many awards in regards to, uh, to sports mascots, entertainment value. Slamson is iconic when it comes to professional sports. Now, the, the mascot has kind of faded out in sports in general, uh, but Slamson is still very much a prevalent piece 
of the uh, the Kings family and the Kings brand. He's really the Mickey Mouse of of Sacramento Kings. Mickey Mouse, of course, uh, with Disney, that recognizable character that everybody loves. Slamson is the same way, uh, and he always does such a fantastic job. Whether he's doing his signature rollerblading around the court, carrying those massive flags, or standing on those stilts and holding that stand up and get loud sign before the fourth quarter, uh, Slamson is just a iconic piece of what the Sacramento Kings are, what they always have been, and I've always been entertained by what he does. Slamson still makes me laugh to this day with the little bits uh, that they do, and uh, I, I get in trouble with that in the media area because I'm, I'm so interested and so really entertained uh, by what Slamson does. One of my favorite Slamson memories that I remember is... Uh, I don't know if it was planned or not. I honestly don't. It's one of those bits that seemed like it was planned, but it also could very well have been an accident. It was, I, I think I was like eight or nine years old. It was inside the uh, the Arco Arena, and it was Vlade Divac's birthday. Vlade was playing for the Kings at the time, and Slamson was running down the, uh, the Arco stairs, heading down to the court with a cake for Vlade, of course, Vlade was going to eat it, seeing as how he was playing, uh, and running right alongside him, right behind him, was a King's dancer. Now, now that I think about it, it probably was staged, but it, it was fantastic for me as a kid because it happened almost right in front of me. Slams and trips, throws the cake into the face of one of the King's dancers. Uh, and I don't know why that moment just sticks with me. It's so iconic for me, but Slamson uh, spilled cake almost all over me, and we ended up being able to eat it, which was fantastic. So fun Slamson memory there. Also, Slamson gave my uncle tickets one time, and I was with him at the game. He gave us a, a ticket upgrade, and we got to go sit uh, right on the the baseline, right at the corner by the King's bench. This was also when I, when I was just a little kid. And this is when Chris Webber was a part of the Kings team. And I remember Chris Webber came out of the game and he was stretching out his legs. So he wasn't sitting on the bench. He was sitting on the floor. Uh, so trainer Pete Youngman goes to, to stretch out his leg and work on his leg. So he's sitting right on the floor, literally right in front of me. Now, I'm not watching the game at this point. I'm just staring at the back of Chris Webber's head. I'm in, I'm in wonder. I'm in awe of the fact that Chris Webber is sitting right in front of me. And as uh, Pete Youngman starts to, to stretch his leg out and, and, and work on his leg, Chris leans back, and he leans back on my knee. And it was awesome because one of my heroes, Chris Weber, is leaning on my knee. I'm like eight, six, seven, eight years old or something like that. Uh, and it was also gross at the same time because I was wearing jeans, and those jeans were soaking wet by the time that he stopped leaning on my knee and went back and, and checked into the game. Chris Weber could sweat. Holy smokes. Uh, but that was an awesome moment made possible by Slamson giving tickets to my uncle, a, a ticket upgrade for us. Uh, that was fantastic and an iconic moment for me uh, and for my uh, my King's memory and my King's fandom. Uh, so thankful, very thankful for Slamson. Two more for you. One of them is kind of cringy, but I got to get it out of the way. I'm very thankful for the Sacramento Kings fan base. Now, what I say by that is it was the fans that got me so in to Sacramento Kings basketball. It also helped that I grew up with one of the greatest teams. I mean, they call it the greatest show on court for a reason. Doug Christie, uh, Peja Stojakovic, Vlade, Mike Bibby, Jason Williams, Chris Webber, you know the deal. Uh, you know that group. They certainly helped get me into basketball and and, and fall in love with the game of basketball. Uh, but it was always the Kings fans in that atmosphere. The energy that Kings fans bring to the building, whether it was the Arco Arena or the Golden One Center, each and every single night, 
is truly inspiring, and it's what I love about professional sports. It's because of Kings fans that I will always choose, no matter what the sport is, to be live at the sporting event over watching it at home from my couch. Now, I know a lot of people prefer the angles and the comfort of watching games from their own home. Not me. I love to be in fan atmospheres. I love to be with crowds uh, and and feeding off of that energy. It's just something that I, I live for and, and really one of my favorite things about all of professional sports that got me hooked into the career that I am in. And nobody does it better than Sacramento Kings fans. Truly, nobody does it better. Even the low times. I mean, last season I could count a number of times, and I even tweeted out as much, that the Kings were a bad team. It was towards the end of the season. They really had no hope of of, of salvaging anything really good from the season. You were just basically going to games uh, to see De'Aaron Fox and to see if a young Kings team had any shot of being something interesting in the coming years. And still, the Golden 1 Center would be packed, and that place gets loud, like really loud, uh, before the start of the fourth quarter. Kings fans always bring the energy, always bring the excitement, so I'm very thankful for each and every single one of them. Also, of course, it's because of Kings fans that the Kings stayed here in Sacramento. We almost lost our team, and that would have been devastating for me professionally and emotionally. Uh, so I'm very thankful for Kings fans, someone, uh, a community that I consider myself a part of. Finally, only one player on this list because I could go through and, and be thankful for all of the Kings players, uh, but one in particular, Bogdan Bogdanovich, and not specifically for Bogdan the player or what he brings on the court, but simply for salvaging that awful draft. Just a god awful draft. Not just for the Kings, but really for everybody. Of course, the Kings took Jorgis Papianis in that draft. He is now out of the league. Uh, The Kings traded Marquise Chris to the Phoenix Suns for the rights to Bogdan Bogdanovich. Of course, they've won that trade at this point as Marquise Chris is in Houston. He's still not getting any playing time. He has attitude issues. That draft in general was just god-awful, was horrific. And in my opinion, Bogdan Bogdanovich was the best piece moved on draft day or the best piece acquired on draft day. And of course, the Kings got him. He's been fantastic for this Kings team going forward. And hopefully I'm looking to to, to see him in a Kings uniform for many more years and a, a crucial piece of an eventual Kings playoff team. So very thankful for Bogdan Bogdanovich. So those are some of the things uh, that I am thankful for here on this Thanksgiving holiday in regards to the Sacramento Kings. And again, uh, you can send me yours at any time. I'll be happy to share them when we come back next week on the Locked on Kings podcast. You can reach out to me on Twitter at MattGeorgeKHDK or you can email me mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. Share some of those with me. Would love to hear those from you. If you're listening to this podcast here today before 4.30, I will be hosting Game Night on Sports 1140 KHDK today from 4.30 to 5.30, one hour of Kings pregame, getting you ready for the Kings and Utah Jazz. We'll talk about more uh, than what we just talked about here in the Locked on Kings podcast. We will also have... uh, Sean Cunningham from ABC 10 joining me. Uh, he's gonna. He's he always gets great perspective. He gets uh, interaction with Kings players probably more than than anybody else in Sacramento. Uh, so he's really gonna join me, and we're gonna chat a lot about the effect that this recent news and the uh, the rumors and the drama inside the front office, the effect that that has had or a lack of uh, an effect on this Kings roster and on this Kings locker room. So be sure to join me for that. He's going to be joining, be joining me, I think, around 5 o'clock, if I'm not mistaken. But I will be on from 4.30 to 5.30, so we'd love to have you there. Um, please be sure to join in and, and tune in for that. If you would like, of course, Kings taking on the Utah Jazz tonight. And they have the Warriors on Saturday, Jazz again on Sunday. We will come back on Monday and recap 
all three of those games and then some. So have yourself a fantastic Thanksgiving. Until then, eat a lot of turkey, a lot of gravy, a lot of mashed potatoes because the best part of Thanksgiving is mashed potatoes. Just enjoy yourself as much as you can here over the next couple of days. If you're going Black Friday shopping, make sure you get what you want, but be safe doing it. I love Black Friday, by the way. And the Kings. The Kings have some great Black Friday deals always at the Kings Team Store. You're going to want to pick up some of that great stuff that they have there. So be sure to check that out. So until next Monday, enjoy your Thanksgiving holiday. We will see you right back here on the Locked On Kings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.